for those of you that don't know, this is, um, this is kind of a special day for us because this is for me and Tiffany. Well, actually, I think it's tomorrow by date, but this is our two-year anniversary since we launched the gate. <laughs> Go, Jesus. Two years. Wow. That's a good wow, by the way. Sounded like a whoa. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pull my thoughts together, but I also feel some things in my spirit this morning. Um, I, was, I was in worship, and I really feel like I probably could just close after worship, but I'm going to get a few things out. I felt like the Lord was telling me that there were angels in this room, and I could literally feel them like going around the room. I, I, it was like they were going in circles. And then I felt like the Lord was showing me that there was water in the room, and they were stirring the waters, and they were going around the room. And there was this stirring of the waters that was happening. And some of you, and here's the thing. I think that the more we connect with heaven, the more visible things become that are often already happening. It's just we're not connecting with it. And so I was, I was thinking about that. And the Lord said, he's telling me, he said, I've been doing this a long time now. You just haven't known it. And, and he was stirring. Because, you know, one of the things we've seen that's been one of the most beautiful testimonies of this house is so many people have come in that were just so hurt and burnt out. And, and just get their hearts. I call them the burnt crispy ones. You know, just they're, they're the crispies. They're like, I don't want nothing to do with church. I'm just going to be here. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and, uh, but, but, but there's this beautiful thing that's been happening that the waters are being stirred. And as you sit here... What's so neat is you don't have to rely on me or anyone else up here to lay hands on you because the angels are stirring these waters and there's healing that's happening. Some of you, I even feel it right now, some of you are, as you're beginning to connect your heart to this word, you're feeling it over you right now. And so if you're in this place, I did not know I was going to go here, but I'm going to do it. If you're, we'll start with the altar call. Um, If... (laughs) And I don't even know whose this is. Let me see that. There was a stir stick on the front row this morning. Oh. She's like, and it's green. I was trying to put the connection together. Cool, babe. Um, (laughs) She's like, life, green. I'm like, yeah, I got it. (laughs) I have to admit, when I first saw it, I thought of getting spanked as a kid. Like, immediately... Thankfully, my parents got tired after spanking my brother and sister so much. I don't think I got too many of them. But those, those things hurt, man, especially on the, you know, right on the leg. All right, back into stirring. Uh, I, I do feel like, though, there's people here, and it may not even be necessarily towards ministry, but towards um, maybe just the body of Christ. Maybe you've been burnt, you've been hurt. And um, I feel like God says, I really want to do a healing this morning. And I'm going to ask you if you'd be bold enough. I'm not going to ask for your story. I just feel like there's a number of you. Would you just stand up right where you are? Just go ahead. I know. I'm, I'm not going to, who's going to be the first? <laughs> there you are. There you are. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. If you're around them, just extend your hand towards them. And I want you to do this. Just release The angels are carrying right now restoration, refreshing, and healing. And here's the deal. This is going to be easier than you think. You may have been been carrying this for years, but it's going to lift off in a moment. Because what was brought onto you wasn't the Lord, but who's going to take it off of you is the Lord. So in Jesus' name, I speak over every single one of you that are, that are standing right now. I speak over every single one of you. We release the angels over you right now that are carrying assignments from the Lord God Almighty. And you have been hurt. You have been, some of you have been taken advantage of. Some of you have been misled. Some of, whatever your story is, he knows it. Whatever your story is, he knows it. I ask that right now. He would lift it right off of you. He would lift it right off of you. Keep praying. It's okay. Sometimes in the process, it's okay. It feels heavy sometimes because he's lifting a burden. Just wait here a minute. Keep praying, though. 
I want you to release refreshing, restoration, healing over them, right? Just keep praying over them. Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Especially those of you that maybe this is even your first week here, and you maybe you won't even be back, but he had a really good plan for you this morning that he put you in here for this moment. And so we speak over you life, life. I speak to your dreams that feel like they have been crushed. I, I speak to it just as Jesus did Lazarus. He said, you know, it's just sleeping. You think it's dead. It's just sleeping. So I just say, wake up, dreams. Wake up, callings. Wake up in Jesus' name. And I just speak over you. Some of you need to hear it. You are not a failure. You did not let any. Some of you are carrying a burden that you feel like you let people down. I just take that off of you right now. Just let that go. Let that go in Jesus' name. And I just release the love of the Father over you. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is here. and He's always here, but he shows up and he's in power Sometimes the Father likes to just walk through the room, and I feel the Father in the room this morning, because when the Father is in the house, there's an embrace. And just as a daddy would pick up a child right now, he's, he's going to wrap his arms around you, and he's going to smile over you. <laughs> I, I want you to do this. This sounds crazy, but I just, I just want you to... As if you could just look up at the face of your dad. You need to get his countenance over you and see that he's not upset. He's not angry. He's a lot bigger than you think. And look at him smile at you. Just look at him smile at you. There it is. I feel it right there. He's that good. He's that good. Now I, I, I release over you as you as you leave this place you've been, that the Lord would surround you with champions. Just as David was surrounded by what looked like a bunch of crazy men and he turned them into a bunch of warriors that killed giants because they hung around a giant killer. Wherever they come from, doesn't matter, but I pray the Lord would surround you with champions. That would be big enough for the call in your life. They'd be big enough for the call in your life. Say this, who can stop the Lord Almighty? <laughs> come on, one more time. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Now answer your own question. No one. Come on. No one. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. I really like this church. You know that? <laughs> oh, man. I was sitting here thinking this morning during worship, I'm like, people go to conferences for what you got right now. I mean that. I was thinking, I could just drive 20 minutes down the road every Sunday, and I get to have that atmosphere of heaven. I mean, obviously, I get to have it everywhere I go, but I mean, when there's something about the, the corporate anointing that happens... People tell me, well, I can do anything. You know, no, there's something that happens in a corporate anointing. I mean, I've, I've, when I get people up on the stage and they're next to me, I can feel the anointing on them and I get to kind of like, <laughs> like, kind of like plug my power cord into them and get to pull off their juice for a little bit. And it's like, wow, I don't normally do that, but that felt good. And it happens, I'm telling you. It happens. There's something that you can step into in the corporate anointing. There's something stirring. I, I kept seeing, I, I haven't got the fullness of the picture, so I'm not going to try to go into it too much, but I keep seeing, like, the word I hear is wet concrete. And it's like there's this wet concrete, like the Lord is pouring a, a new foundation for something that he's doing. It's bigger than this, it's way bigger than this house. It's, it's way bigger than this house. 
But I feel like, you know, there's that season where you pour the concrete, but it's like it's drying. And I just keep hearing, like, the Lord's saying, I'm, I have to pour a foundation that is strong enough to hold what I'm getting ready to build. And, and he's, it's just this wet concrete. And I feel like there's a different movement that's happening. So many of the movements throughout our history have been very based on phenomenal speakers, preachers, pastors, and, and thank the Lord for those guys and ladies. We need them, amen? But this thing is going to be more about, it's like a grassroots movement of people that are picking up the heart of the Father. And, and when I was sitting there in my, in my seat, I was thinking about this scripture in Acts. This just says in Acts 4.13, it says that when they observed the boldness of Peter and John, I love this, and then they realized they were uneducated and untrained men. <laughs> Come on, somebody say, there's hope. <laughs> so they observed the boldness of Peter and John, and then they realized they were uneducated and untrained men. And listen, they were amazed. Here it is. And they recognized that they'd been with Jesus. Here's the thing about the kingdom. Sometimes you have to be willing to just go out there and embrace what you're not so they can see who he is. You, ha you have to be okay with just saying that, you know, I, I'm not, I may be in feeling a bit uneducated and untrained. You, you guys do realize Jesus' process with his apostles was like, you look good, you look good, you look good, you look good. Yay, you're, you're disciples. Yay, what's that mean? Well, let's just get started and I'll teach you. I mean, it broke every formula that we have today. He said, I'll put, <laughs> our formula would be, we're going to train you for eight years. Then we'll let you run a Sunday school class. <laughs> and if you don't blow that, <laughs> we'll give you a small group. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a really small group. <laughs> But, here, but, but, but Jesus had this model that was so different because he was like, hey, I'm actually going to commission you, then teach you. <laughs> so with Jesus, you have to understand there was this thing that was all about the yes. I don't think you understand how important yeses are with Jesus. He just needed a yes from them. When they said yes, he said, great, I'll show you what I put on you. And they went along. And this morning... I'm going to try to somehow get through this really quick. But I kept hearing this thing from the Lord about connecting with the face of him. I just kept feeling this word about connecting with the face of him. And I actually want to start off with a scripture that everybody's familiar with. It's in Numbers. If you have your Bibles, you can flip there. But it's Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Many of us are really familiar with this blessing. But I want to go at it from maybe a little bit of a different angle. So Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. And say to them, this is the part we're all familiar with, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face. Everybody say face. Hey shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I want you to recognize how much there's a focus on his face, his countenance. Lord bless you and keep you and the Lord make his face shine upon you that he'd be gracious to you and the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. There's an interesting uh, little thing that I'd written in here from one of the generals of the faith. Jack Hayford wrote a little piece on this scripture, and it says this. It said, the blessing, this, bl this blessing, referring to this passage, the blessing is God's person who shines upon the recipient just as Moses' face shone after being in God's presence. And the New Testament identifies this is as God's glory, which we behold with unveiled face. 
Our ministry, we are priests. We portray and pronounce the blessing of Christ, shining nature, his fullness to each other. I want you to stop there. He said that we portray and pronounce the blessing of God's shining nature, his fullness to each other, that God's glorious face might leave its radiant impression upon us all. You are called to release the face of the Father over the people around you. You are, you are called as a New Testament, a, a New Covenant believer. You are called to release the, 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 the countenance of the Father on everybody around you. It, it, it's really like it's making evangelism easy. I really think that people would go to, love to come to the church if they felt like they were being presented God's face instead of God's judgment. People that say, they can, then, listen, one of the things I have learned, people do not need to be reminded of how much they've messed up. <laughs> Typically, they're pretty aware of it. At least I am. But when somebody could come to them in the middle of that, I love it, even Jesus... And Chad talked about this yesterday morning, about had me in tears, man. He was talking about when Jesus' best friend, he was talking about the humanity piece of Jesus. That what do you think it actually felt like to the, the humanity piece of Jesus that at that last supper, he looked at his best friend Peter and said, you're going to betray me. But then after he did, he said he ran to him and restored him. See, that's the heart of the Father. Jesus was perfect theology. You want to get really good theology? You really want to know God? Study Jesus. Because everything he did, everything he said was a perfect, I don't want to call it a shadow. He was mirroring the Father. And so, so the easiest way to learn about God is to see the life of Jesus on earth. And that's how you learn. And Jesus demonstrated continually. He wasn't... He wasn't afraid of sin. I'd I'd love a little bigger amen on that one. He wasn't afraid of sin. He wasn't afraid of sinful people. He wasn't afraid of sin. He wasn't, oh, wow, you really blew it, you know. That's a big one. It's not how he operated because he had such a clear understanding of the Father. And he'd run into that stuff. I put a post online a few days ago about something, but Jesus was the guy that had no problem going into the storm, and he could sleep in it too. <laughs> and they're, they're freaking out. This is, this is kind of a picture of how so many of us handle storms. They're tripping out, man. And what are the first thing they're doing? Jesus, you don't love us. I, I can imagine Jesus down there, hold on a second. You know, he comes up, he's asleep, and he's like, all right, boys, where's your faith? Well, we call it on you. That's called prayer. That's not faith. Some of you think that just calling on the name of Jesus is faith. That's the case. When they called on Jesus, he wouldn't have come up and said, where's your faith? He was trying to equip them and empower them and teach them that, listen, why do you need me to get up and do this? You got it. Come on. But peace be still. There's something about getting authority over the storm. Man, this has nothing to do with my sermon, so that's all right. I'll just flip to the last page in a minute, and we'll go to lunch together. Um, but there's something, about, there's something about the storm, man, that, that Jesus loves. I think Lisa said it. I was kind of in and out putting my microphone on. But there's something about the storms where we get to experience these sides of God that we never, it's, it's, like, there, it's like a moment for equipping. It's a moment for revelation. It's a moment for empowering. That You're facing things and you're saying, well, never seen that one before. And God's like, what you going to do about it? Well, help me, God. I already did. I died on the cross and gave you every spiritual blessing that you're going to need. <laughs> See, my, my passion is to try to get past so much stuff and get us to actually understand that what we have. 
what we carry. Because I feel like there's so many Christians, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing more unnecessary than a depressed Christian. There's nothing more unnecessary than a hurting Christian. I'm not diminishing your pain or if you're fighting with depression at all. I'm just saying that it's not necessary. Because he already did everything he was going to do about it on the cross. So, what's, so what do we do? We rise up in the authority and power that we have. And we speak to those storms. We speak to those things in our life. We speak to the things we're facing, and we don't back off. What would it look like if a church would run right into the storms and say, I got this. Peace be still. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I'm that crazy storm hurricane guy that likes to fly into the storm. But like, I, I'm like, God's got this. Peace be still. Peace be still. And something, something we've learned, something Bill Vanderbush teaches so well, he said, you know, one of the things that I believe Jesus was trying to get across in this storm was that he said, you need to remember he was sleeping. And he said that any time that you can't sleep through it, you may not have authority over it. How many of you have ever stayed up at night and it stole your sleep, it stole your sleep, it stole your rest? But how many know when you come into a peace over it, you can rest? I've, I have had those nights, I've had those moments, I've had those conversations waiting on my plate that I have to have with somebody, and if I can't rest, I won't have it. Because if I know I have it, I'm not having it with authority and peace, and then I'm going to hurt them and probably hurt me. But instead, what we do is we go straight into it, and we go in with, you know, like our sword drawn and cutting off ears and all that stuff, instead of just saying, Jesus, I'm going to get a peace over this first, I'm going to lean into you, I'm going to hear what you have to say about it. And then all of a sudden, rest and peace comes and says, all right, I've got authority now. I can speak into this. And we go straight into it. So somehow now I have to tie his face back into this because I already told you that. But here's the thing. In this blessing in Numbers, he pronounced this over them. He pronounced a sound mind. I want you to connect. I want you to take this. This is what was connected to his face because it was his face upon them. And when his face came upon him, here's what he pronounced, sound mind, wholeness, prosperity, divine health. It said his face shone upon them. I think it's important that we understand that we were born, you were born to encounter the face of God. It's not like, you know, my, my pastor gets the face, I just get the hands, you know. That's how much of the church thinks. Give me vision and we'll do it. Well, I mean, I've got vision in my heart, but it'd be great if you have some too. Yeah. It's a lot happier with vision. And, and here's, the, here's the, the thing. You were created for his face, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were the very first, right? They were, they were created before the fall of man, before the curse, before all of that. And there's elements from that that were always supposed to be with us. And what happened? The, the, the snake came to Adam and Eve, and here, here's something that the Lord showed me about a year ago with Eve. You want to know where she went wrong? You want to know where she messed up? The snake came to her and said, if you eat of this, you're going to be just like God. Here's the thing. She was already just like God. And the real downfall was when he got her to think that she wasn't because she was created in his image. And he actually came in and he convinced her that she wasn't, which was the only way he could get her to eat the apple, was to convince her that you're not in his image you're not like him, so eat this and you will be. It's, it's the same lie that people are still getting told in the church, well, if you'll do this, you'll be more like him. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not going <laughs> to... You see, we're in a process of understanding who we are, but, you're, but <laughs> child of God, you're like your daddy. Yeah. And when someone tells you to do this to be more like him, it's the same lie that the enemy told... The serpent told Eve, was eat this, you'll be more like him, which led to failure. And so what happened? The first thing that happened, I want you to remember this, the very first thing. They, they ate of it. They came into a realization. They had sin. They got fearful. They hid. And it says in Genesis chapter, I think, 3 verse 8, Genesis chapter 3 verse something, God came walking and he was speaking to them saying, Adam, Eve, where are you? I want to say, 
they hid themselves from the face of God. They could take his voice, but they hid themselves from his face. Why? Because sin's primary objective is to get you to not let his face shine upon you. Because when you take away his face, you take away sound mind. You take away wholeness. You take away health. You take away all these things. I want to challenge you, instead of only praying, and keep praying it. Lord, I want to hear your voice. Great. Lord, I want to see your face. Because Adam and Eve could hear his voice, but they were hiding from his face. And he said, it's not good enough for you just to hear me. We need to see each other. We need to see each other. He wired you that way. We read about the account from Moses, one of my favorite passages in the scripture, because Moses had this special place in the heart of the father. He, he, he turned aside. Moses, Moses was a reformer. And he, and he turns aside from where he's going, and he took Israel and led them through this journey into victory and triumph. But I want you to read, um, it says in Exodus chapter 24, verse 17, I want you to read this passage with me, because Moses was not afraid of the presence of the Lord. It said in Exodus 24, 17, the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into it. Moses is like one of my heroes. He's the guy when everybody's like, no thanks. He's like, I'm going in. And so Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up to the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. So let's stop there a second. Here, here's Israel, and they see this fire, and then you have Moses. Israel says, nah, Moses is like, let's do it. <laughs> I love when I'm around the Moses people. Like, I can feel them. They're like, where's the fire? Like, you know what I mean? They're like, I want to be in the fire. <laughs> it's kind of how I pick a lot of my leadership team. Will you get in the fire with me? Yeah. I'm not talking about the devil's fire. I prefer not to go there. <laughs> I prefer not to jump in that one. Some of you were like, no thanks. No, I'm talking about the fire that when God just is, just this thing happens. I can't explain it. There's this dimension of God that although he's in his fullness in me, there's moments where he just expresses himself in a way where it's like a fire. Leonard Ravenhill used to say, when this fire falls, you don't have to advertise fire. If you're riding down the road and there's a fire, they don't have to put up a sign that points with an arrow that says, look at this fire. If anybody that's driven down the road and there's a fire, all of traffic, woo, slows down. It's, ooh, fire. But isn't it true? Because it's our nature, but wouldn't it be true that if there was a place that was encountering the fire of God that just burns and the people say, I want to live in that. You don't have to, broad, you don't have to do Facebook-sponsored ads. Hey, come see the fire. No, why? Because it, you smell like smoke everywhere you go. You smell like fire everywhere you go. And that's what God was doing. Moses was the guy that said, all right, you guys, if you want to hang here, I'll go up. I got no problem going up into the fire. And so Moses was continually stepping into these encounters that would change the circumstances around him. He would constantly walk into these amazing encounters. Why? Because he knew there was more. And he wasn't even born again. You do understand that, right? This is like he had the cross hadn't happened yet. He doesn't have what we have. I'm just going to blast some scriptures at you real quick. Deuteronomy 4.12 says, And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire, and you heard the sounds of words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. Verse 15, though, Take careful heed to yourselves, for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb, out of the midst of the fire, lest you act corruptly and make yourself a carved image in the form of any figure. I want to break this down. If this is all I get today, that'll be fine. I'm going to read it one more time. He said, take careful and heed to yourselves, for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Why couldn't they see form? 
lest you act corruptly and make for yourself the carved image in the form of any figure. The Lord's trying to make a point here. He spoke to them out of the fire, but he said, I couldn't show you my form. I couldn't show you my face because there was idolatrous tendencies in you. And if I did, you would have carved it and made it into an idol. As I begin to study that, I begin to realize that the Father was making a point. He said, the clarity at which I can reveal to you, really, there's, there's, there's a piece of how is your heart looking for principles? Is it looking for just, I want to see you, God, and then I'm going to see you once, and I'm going to make a whole thing out of it, and this is how we're always going to do it? Isn't that what happens? Well, God healed that person that way, so we're going to try it for the next three years. He, he's just so good that he's like, I'm going to always change it up. Why? Because I was never about just giving you some way of doing it. I was always about relationship. I was always about bringing you back to me. So he had this way of saying, I'm never going to really do the same thing twice. Why? Because if I do, you'll take me out of the equation. If you figure out that you can knock on their head three times and flick their ear and they're healed, why would you ever bring me into it? But he said that I'm always going to change it. Why? Because I'm going to make you keep me in the mix. And he said here, he said, I couldn't show them me because there was a problem. They had an idolatrous heart. And if I did, they would carve an image out of it. And then they would worship that and not me. And so there's something that happens. Here's the thing, though. The people that have a heart that say, I'm not looking for just a list of things that, hey, if you do this, 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 God shows up. The people that just say, listen, I surrender myself to you, whatever it looks like, I'm good. Those are the people that really get to see his face. Because he says, you're not going to make a, an image out of this. You're not going to make a protocol out of this. You're not going to, you know me. You know my heart. I'm not saying there's not things that we learn. There are things we learn in the kingdom that's like, hey, these are good tools. But you can't take him out of that. When you remove the spirit from the word, it's dangerous. When you take the love from the sword, you hurt people. You can't take, you can't, it was never meant, I, I haven't figured this out yet, how we have non-spirit-filled churches. I, I, I don't know why I'd go. I mean, it's like, I want the spirit and the word. I want the spirit in the worship. And I'm not just talking like, you know, I'm talking like people ask me all the time, like, you spirit-filled? I'm like, yes, and we're spirit-led. What's that mean? We'll actually let him go where he wants to go. And we'll say, we'll go with you. And he, want, he wanted Moses. He wanted Moses to see his face. Bill Johnson said it this way. He said, if we're not careful, we can become principle-focused instead of presence-focused. Chad hit on it, or no, uh, Jason hit on it. Thank you, Jesus. I feel his presence so strong in this room. The devil has no problem getting a bunch of people focused on formulas without his presence. It's not a concern to him. Well, you know, if you do this, do this, do this, we've had a good Sunday morning service. I remember Bill, Bill Vanderbush came in, and he told his story about how he had put together this church and built this church, and it was, he said it was just great. We had all the lights right, and smoke would come on at the right time, and, you know, he's like, it's perfect. You know, he's like, I was so excited about my church, and his dad was an awesome man of God, spiritual preacher, and his dad came in, and he was excited to let his dad see his church for the first time, and his dad came there, and the worship's going, and he's like, I was looking around, he's like, I told my ushers today's like, you know, this is the big one, my dad's here, you know, this is like Easter, right, you know, you, gotta, you all have to wear coordinating outfits, you know, today, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be on our A game today, and he said it was just, it was, it was great, and I was like, kind of like watching and looking at my dad, and my dad was standing there and just kind of smiling, and he said, leaned over to him and said, Dad, isn't it good? He said, Bill, you, it's definitely excellent. He said, it's so excellent that you don't even need the Holy Spirit to show up. And it hit him. He said, I've created something that can impress people and entertain people, and the Holy Spirit doesn't even have to show up. And then we call it presence-based worship when it's really been built on performance. And then when 
We're designed, and we long for the presence of the Father. We, we long for the face of the Father. I'm skipping around. You know, when we have outpourings, and this is even in outpourings, how many know even in outpourings, the focus can get off the face? Even in outpourings of the Spirit where people are getting rocked by the Lord, it's not hard for the focus to leave the face. But the reality is, is in, in outpourings, you know, I, I love going into services where signs, wonders, and miracles are just like everywhere. It doesn't bother me. Bother some people. It does not bother me. Hallelujah. As long as it's God. Yes, amen. I mean, some people are just act weird. And it's like, <laughs> is that God? Is it not God? All right. That's the hard one, trying to figure out which it is sometimes. But... Sometimes I see God just rocking people, and, and I've, you know, people ask me, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, nothing. I hope it gets on you. It's like, I love it, man. I remember, I remember hearing a story of how um, uh, Bill Johnson told a story he was in worship with Heidi Baker next to him and said there was this lady that was like just doing, he's like, no joke, like doing flips across the front of the sanctuary, spinning, and he says, one thing I sometimes struggle with, he's being honest, he says, if people can get, like, doing their own thing, you know, I feel like it's like, are you really in the presence of the Lord, or are you just doing weird stuff? Yeah. And so he was like, he said, I was starting, and my heart was getting offended. I was watching this lady, like, you know, and he's like, just getting offended, getting offended, he said, and he said, Heidi Baker, just such a Heidi thing, she puts her arm around, she's like, Bill, isn't she amazing? And Bill's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I hope I get this right, but I know it was someone long. She's like, she just got delivered from a lifestyle of, it was something about prostituting and everything else, and she got set free, saved, healed, delivered, set free, and it was like her first time in worship, and she was just like worshiping the Lord, and Bill's like, that is amazing. That woman is, go Jesus, you know, it's just, woo, you know. Those are those moments when you learn to keep your mouth shut until you know where it's going. It's like, sometimes you just be quiet. But I love, I love when I'm in a service and all the men think God's doing things. People are getting hit. I love it. I love when people just start laughing. There's not enough laughter. There's a massive issue right now. I don't know if you know this, but there's a massive drug issue right now in America. There's a massive depression issue. Wouldn't it be just maybe that God's trying to release the answer and we shut it down? Well, I don't know about that laughing when nobody's telling a joke. Maybe he's, maybe he's trying to release joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And sometimes you laugh before you have joy. Some of you just go, ha ha. Like, you just, just get it started. It's like priming the car. It's like, come on, priming it up. It's like, just, just ha ha, you know? And let him come in and do something good. Because I love it when he comes in when someone is not feeling anything and all of a sudden they just get hit and start laughing. It's contagious. But here's the thing when God's healing and he's pouring out his spirit and he's doing all this and the signs and wonders are happening, here's the thing about a sign the purpose of a sign is to point at something. You, don't, you will not see a sign that's like, hi, I am a sign. <laughs> Look at me. No, what is the point of that sign? Bump ahead. You know, whatever the sign might say, it's always pointing. And to just chase the manifestations without the presence is like to say, I just want the sign, but I don't care about the location. And, he, and he's saying, he's saying every time he does it, when someone starts laughing or someone gets healed or someone looks like a fish out of water or whatever's happening with them, who really cares? It's pointing to him saying, he's here. He's here. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I watched some of it yesterday when Chad was here praying for people. And then I was watching, then he got to me, and I don't know what happened. Next thing I know, I was looking at the words church chair underneath the chair. I'm like... 
church chair. That's where I woke up, was church chair. I like a, my wife's purse in my back and a comb sticking me in the back. I'm like, AJ's like, I got the prophetic word. I'm like, oh, he gave a word? Cool. I'm like, he texted it to me. I'm like, good thing, because all I heard was something about a dump truck, and I was out. <laughs> You know when you're going down and you weren't expecting it and the ushers are like, get the chairs back, slide the chairs back. Come on, come on. <laughs> They're like, move, 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 move. What's the point though? When I got up, man, it was pointing to the Father. I didn't get down and say, yes, I fell down today. Sweet. <laughs> some people, I remember hearing, a, some people are going for that, like I just want to fall. I remember a pastor telling him one time, well, how about you just lay on the floor, then I'll pray for you, and you'll never know if you went down or not, because you're already down. <laughs> so I get up, I feel it, I feel his presence, I feel near to him, and it draws me to his face. It draws me to his face. And why? Because you were created for his face, and I'm not, this really isn't in my sermon, but this is another piece, your face was created for him. He loves yours, too. His heart is to have an encounter with you. Jesus. I feel him, man. Getting ready to get wild. I can feel it. I can feel the people rising. You know, you're preaching, and it's like, let's take a step back. Something's getting ready to zap, and I don't know who it's going to hit, but I feel it in the room like a live electricity wire. Like, I'm telling you, I, 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 see like a, I see like a live power line like dangling in the room right now. Like if somebody grabs it. <laughs> Welcome to the gate. I think people online are going to get blasted. That's what I'm feeling like. <laughs> I feel people online are going to get blasted. They're not driving. Everybody that watches this, and there, there have been thousands of people that are watching these, hit them right now, wherever they're at, with your presence, with your glory, with your face, right now, right now. Even those of you that are watching this, because you won't set foot in a church, but you're checking this out. Mm. He loves you. He loves you enough that he'll go for you. All right, I think I'm done. I, I have no way of trying the rest of this in. So we'll wrap it up there. Some of you are going to laugh, and you're like, I don't know what's going on. You just might need it. You just might need it. He loves to surround you by laughing people, too. Some of you are like, I don't know about this. Well, neither do I, but I know he's here. I gave up a while ago trying to figure him out. As soon as I think I'm figuring him out, he's just bigger than that. Your church might be boring. See, now the rubber hits the road. You thought it was funny when I preached about it. See, now it's happening. And you're like, I didn't know it was going to happen like now. 
Like, I thought that was like just a cool idea. <laughs> See, I feel the heat, man. Holy Spirit, you can just go for it, and you can go for it, and you can go for it, and you can do what you want right now. That's I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with the world seeing who we're not so they can see who you are. We just want to make your name famous. Just want to make your name famous. We just want to represent you well. If you want an encounter with the Lord, stand up. Stand right now. I hate to tell you, but even if you sit, I think you're still going to get one. There's too much in the atmosphere. Come on, you tell him. You, 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 he's your daddy. You talk to him. Tell him, Father, we want more of you right now. We want more of you right now. More of you right now. Come on, this will be a token of what he's getting ready to do through our city and through the nations. Come on, I feel, a, I feel like an... I'm, I feel a nation's anointing right now. Like, I don't know why. I, I, I feel a nation's anointing. There's a nation's anointing right now. Ooh. Right now. Jesus. Jesus. See, this is what happens when he shows up. Nobody had to work it up. He showed up. He showed up. If this is really unfamiliar to you, I want you to be really, really bold right now and say, Lord, show me, show me your face. Show me your face. And he'll show you in his own way, all right? He'll, he, you don't have to laugh. You don't have to fall. You might, but just say, show me your face. Show me your face. I want to see. I want to I I connect with your face. I want your presence. There it is. There it is. There it is. There is something like. There's something radical getting ready to happen. Like I, 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 I feel like man. It's it's bigger than this house. We just, we're just, we're just kind of feeling in the spirit what's happening way bigger than us. You're just tuning into it. What ha- so it's when you get together with people, you're, you become sensitive. You begin to hear things you've never heard. You begin to feel things you've never felt before. Uh-huh. Depression is lifting off right now. Right now. Right now, right now. This room is, you, you, I keep hearing you are antidepressants. Like, you guys are, that's what I keep hearing. God is calling you to be an antidepressant. When, when you hang around people, when you just start to love on them, I'm telling you, depression has got to go. It's got to go. They're not going to have to even confide in you that they're depressed. They're just going to get around you and say, I don't know what it is. It lifted off. Lift it off because you are an antidepressant. Mm. You are a joy, a joy carrier. And he's getting ready to drop you like a joy bomb into these atmospheres of, of workplaces, of families, of homes, of marriages, of children. And he's going to drop you and everybody's going to get hit. Mm. Some of you, I feel like there's one or two people in this room right now, and I just feel like you've even been saying, Lord, I just, you even came in like, Lord, are you real? Are you real? And you might even be looking at this and like, well, I think that's all, that's all. Ask him. Say, if you're real, show yourself to me. I dare you. (laughs) I dare you. You see, I had a young lady that used to be in youth group here that was, uh, she, man, she was mean. 
She didn't believe in anything. She didn't believe in God. She was, uh, what's it called, agnostic or atheist? Atheist. And she, she didn't believe in anything, man. And she would come in the room and she just, like, I didn't say anything. She's like, I still don't like you. <laughs> Name was Angie. And man, I'll never forget, I think my mom prayed with her one night. Somebody prayed with her and said, when you go home, say, here's what I want you to do. There's no reasoning. You can't reason a spiritual battle. And, and she said, do this, go home, say, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. That's it. That's it. So she goes home. I think it was a Wednesday night. I could be wrong. Maybe it was a Sunday. She goes home. She goes in her bedroom. And she says, Lord, she says, all right, she's going to give it a shot. There's, there's no, like, faith. She's not coming in, like, filled with faith. She's like, all right, Lord, if you're real, show yourself to me. She said, I felt someone walk in the room. She said, I felt someone's arms wrap around me with a hug and hold me. She came to church smiling, like, like, happy, like, like, that's usually what happens when you spend time with the real Jesus, you get happy, and she came to church, and she had a smile, she said, I went home, I don't, I just said, if you're real, show yourself to me, and she said, someone came in my room, wrapped their arms around me, and held me in my room, on my bed, and loved me, and she got lit on fire. She was the happiest person in the youth group after that, and I'm telling you, there is no, see, that's the thing. There's no formulas here. God's not, and God didn't tell her, well, at least say it in King James. You know, it's just, just, just tell me, your heart, wrap your arms around me. So some of you right now, before we finish this up, Whenever that happens, I just, I want you right now to just say, everybody, why would everybody not say this? Lord, just show me yourself right now. Show me yourself right now, especially if you're, you're doubting. It's okay. You can just say it in your heart. Show me yourself. If you're real, show me. Show me. And here's what some of you are feeling. You're feeling warmth come over your body. You're feeling like hot. It's okay. Sometimes his presence just feels like a heat on our body. And he's just letting you know, I am right here. I am right here. <laughs> Come on. Come on, the babies are feeling it. Sometimes, I'm telling you, babies feel it long before we do. Because they're not reasoning in their head what they're feeling. They're just like, yes. Jesus. Stir it up. 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 This is what it feels like. I guess we're graduating from second grade to third grade today or something. But like it's like there's something graduation that's happening and there's an increase that's happening. Take it. Take it. Take it. Don't leave and not take it. Just just take it. It's better than you think. It's better than you think. All right, if you need healing in your knees, I keep feeling this. Raise your hand wherever you're at. Wow, there you go. That's why. It's like, whip. So healing in your knees. I keep feeling healing in your knees. Just uh, put, your, put your hand on somebody around you and just release the healing of the Lord over them if you would. You don't have to earn it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Take your healing. Come on, knees. Even if you have metal in your knees, how cool would that be if he comes and gets rid of the metal and recreates, all right? Mm. We release the creative hand of God to take out metal and recreate in their knees right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. We speak to metal. Take it. Take it. New knees. I love God. He's so fun. New knees. 
something up. TMJ, anybody got TMJ? Oh, you're gonna make over. Um, TMJ, 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 TMJ. Come on, put your hand on them, TMJ. Just, 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 uh, if nobody gets you, you can lay hands on yourself. You're just as anointed too. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the left side. I mean, he'll do both sides, but I feel really strongly the left side's getting healed. So in Jesus' name, we speak to TMJ right now. We thank you that you're getting rid of it. You're fixing the jaw. You're loosening things. The popping is stopping. In Jesus' name. Yeah, there it is. The tightness up the ear, up the, towards the ear that comes with it, it's loosening right now. I feel like some of you might even need to yawn, and you'll be surprised. Maybe it'll pop. I feel like somebody's going to yawn, and there's going to be some pop, and it's done. So in Jesus' name, do it right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. TMJ is getting out of here. TMJ is getting out. You don't have to raise your hand for this, but learning disabilities are getting healed right now. I, I feel like there's people that are, you've been embarrassed to that for a long time. If that's you, you know, it's all right. Just, just receive it. Some of you have had a really hard time. I, I mean, I have a really hard time retaining. That's been something that I had struggled with, and the Lord did a major healing in me, and I began to retain things that I couldn't remember. And so if that's you, you just can't retain anything. Hey, don't write it off to old age either. Come on, guys. Let's, let's not do that, all right? So it doesn't matter what it is. I speak a, a, just a sharpness of mind over everybody in this room. God is touching your minds in Jesus' name. Cloudiness can lift off. Some of you have had a cloud, and just lift that off right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. We take that cloud off for the cloud of his presence and just put that there, and you're, he's healing you. He's healing you. He's healing you. He's healing you. Um, I'm feeling some different ones in the room this morning. Infertility, if you've not been able to have a baby, you're believing to have a baby. So I, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to, that's another one that can be sensitive. I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but if that's for you, we release right now just miracles over the womb of every woman that's, that's struggling with that right now. Miracles. Miracles. Come on, miracles. Miracles, 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 miracles. All right, I'm going to do one more. We're going to start hitting this more often. This is a cancer-free zone. Uh, um, that, that was cute. This is a cancer-free zone. Yeah, there you go. No, it's not allowed here. It comes in. It's, that cancer's got to die. They will live. It will die. So in Jesus' name, I speak over anyone in this room that's fighting with cancer or whatever it might be. Um, listen, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you do have any form of cancer and you want to be healed, you're welcome to raise your hand and someone will lay hands on you, someone here. If anyone would like to, you don't have to, any form of cancer. We speak to it right now and we just release like, like Holy Spirit radiation. Holy Spirit radiation. Okay, not you. That's all right. That's all right. Well, you're never going to have it then. So it's preemptive. You're good. Um, so anyone else, if there's anyone else that has it, we just release it. And if someone... Okay. You can ask them. It's all right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here in just a moment, we'll have the prayer team come up and I'll dismiss you. What a fun day, right? Mm, it's a fun day. Um, maybe uh, one more thing. I feel eyes. I feel like blurriness. I don't know what would cause blurriness, and especially somebody with even both eyes. There's some blurriness in your eyes. Anybody have blurriness in their eyes or one eye? But back there, 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 there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your hand on them. This is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep. This is this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, just say eyes open up, clear out. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I speak over your eyes. When you remove those hands, that they're going to have incredible vision, incredible vision in the name of Jesus. All of this in the name of Jesus. Come on, just say together, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I got nothing. He's got everything. And I got him, so I got everything. So in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. All right, uh, prayer team, can you come up? Like, like. Like sprint up to the front super quick. Prayer team, listen, I'm going to pray over you right now. Everybody give me one moment. I'm going to pray over you. I pray over everyone in this room right now that his, his face will shine upon you. 
His face will shine upon you. That even tonight, I feel a massive increase in dreams. I'm going to tell you right now, I'll sleep with a recorder or a phone or a notepad next to your bed. Because you're going to wake up and you're going to have incredible dreams. Incredible dreams. Incredible dreams. Um, I, uh, the best dream interpreter that I have known has been John Paul Jackson. Be careful. Don't just Google dreams. Some weird stuff comes up, I'm telling you. So uh, I know John Paul has some stuff online, but Lord speaks through dreams. And most of the time, they're metaphorical. So some people are like, get really confused. Just, just, I'm telling you, he's going to, I feel dreams. Every new season comes with new dreams. Look, read your Bible. Every time something great happened, people started to dream about it. So, listen, I bless you with his face. And in your dreams, I bless you with his face. I bless you with wholeness, prosperity, favor on you. I commission you as joy carriers. That everywhere you go, it's with you. In Jesus' name, amen.